yeah. Okay. In your normal in your normal cockeyed stance. I know. If I put it here though, you're gonna get a bunch of stuff you don't want to see in the background. You sure you're ready for this? I'll do my best. Your best. Losers always whine about their best. Winners go home and f the prom queen. Welcome to the big soccer show. The best soccer show in the whole world. Here we go, best soccer show, backheel.com. Jason Davis and Jared Dubois live with you on a Monday night. You went kind of Charles Nelson Riley there for a second. No, I didn't. No, don't even ever put me on it Charles It was kind Nelson. of Charles Nelson Riley-ish. No, first of all, you're dating yourself. Second of all, do not ever put me on Charles Nelson. People, we're live! <laughs> Mr. Charlie Day over there. <laughs> Yeah, I love me some Charles Nelson Riley. I think that's been covered on this before. I love me some Charles Nelson Riley. That was one of the best talk of the game show guests of all time in any era. Yeah, he was pretty good. The glasses made Charles uh, made uh, made him. Uh, you had Paul. I also had Paul Lind back in the day. You remember Paul Lind? Well, the funny is that when Michael Caine wears those glasses, he's the sexiest man in Britain <laughs> in the '60s. Charles Nelson Riley wears them. It's like, oh my god, what is that freak? There's a basic level of attractiveness. Uh, there, Michael Caine and Charles Nelson Riley. Yeah, back uh, in the Alfie days, he rocked those. Yeah. All right, we are we are live. It is Monday night. Our phone lines are open as always three four seven seven five six six two seven six. We got that out on the twitters. We're mm. we're ready. We're ready, J- Jared. Um, I don't know if this is not just really ready. I, I'm like I failed to log into the best soccer show Twitter until like right now. And you put a thing out there for like show topics or be- like uh, uh, bonus show topics. And like I cannot get through them all. There's so many. There's <laughs> a lot of good ones in there, and uh, we're going to cover up most of the soccer stuff tonight. Uh, we'll try to do an MLS review. We certainly have U.S. Men's National Team call ups to talk about. Jurgen Klinsmann getting ready for a couple of friendlies that will feed into. The CONCACAF Cup, Jared. Did you hear that? Did you hear that? It's called the CONCACAF Cup now. The Gold Cup is? No, the, the playoff between the United States and Mexico for the Confederations Cup spot is called the CONCACAF Cup. So is there a trophy? Is there an actual cup you win for winning a playoff game? That's a good question. That's a very good question. I wonder if they're working on something right now. And. A cup that only gets issued on the chance that two different teams win the CONCACAF Gold Cup on alternate cycles, and then and only then is there a cup to be awarded. That's right. So it's very possible there would no it would not be a cup awarded if the same team won both of the Gold Cup tournaments and locked up their spot for the Confederations Cup. I guess. I mean, there is at an- some point. Do we need to figure uh, some other type of symbol other than a cup and a shield for our sport? Uh, well, obviously that's tradition, Jared, and soccer is special. Don't mess with the soccer tradition. The cup. I'm just saying, a- maybe, maybe just to throw it a little bit different and make it a little more fancy. We well, know, like the Concacaf Chalice. Okay, you do, you do realize that MLS called their cup, their championship, a cup, even when it wasn't a cup. Oh yeah, it was just a a, a soccer ball on like a pedestal. There was a soccer ball on a pedestal with like. Oh, little- then it was also ringed with flags at one point. Was it? That's the baseball trophy. They definitely do that. Maybe they do did that for. I know. I remember the ball with the laurel leaves or whatever. Like, oh, the- that's what I'm thinking. That's yeah. what I'm thinking. Because you could hold it like it had horns. You could hold it up like it had horns. Like, yes. grab on. Uh, like then- it was pigtails. Then we had the trophy that essentially looked like. The Lombardi Trophy with a ball on top, instead a soccer yes, ball instead. Because of a that's what we do. Major League Soccer, like Major League Baseball, our trophy needs to look like another sport as well. We are on the third version of the MLS Cup trophy, which now, is kind of badass, by the way. You no, know, I like this one. I really do. I think it's well designed. But the fact that they changed it twice already in twenty years is pretty much ridiculous, right? Yeah, but what hasn't MLS had to change <laughs> twice in twenty years to get right? That's a very good point. We've uh, we've gone through it. We, we had to change all the team names, all of them except for United. Well, technically, and, every time you move from a one to another, you need to change your your trophy as well. I, I guess. I mean, if we're calling, if we're definitely lot, you know, latching on to the one point oh two point oh thing, two oh one. You're on the air. What's up? Hey, how's it going, man? This is James from New Jersey. What's going uh, on, man? Been following the U.S. men's team now for for quite a few years, and I just had a question. What is it going to take for Eric Lehigh to get a call up from Klinsman? <laughs> uh, Eric, one. 
Eric, he uh, from Klinsman, but not he's, he hasn't gotten one recently. It's been a very long time for Eric Lehigh. If I yeah, remember I correctly. think he was in the system. Then did he get injured at his club team or or even on national team duty? I think for a while, and he kind of fell out of favor for a bit. I, I don't know. I, I I'm not going to act like I'm following Eric Lehigh in Nottingham Forest. I granted he must be watching him because Danny Williams is getting called ups. And Danny Williams playing with uh, Eric Lehigh. So it's not like he's not seeing him on a week-to-in, week-out basis. The last time I believe that Eric Lehigh played for the United States men's national team was in 2013. Two substitute appearances against Scotland and Austria. That was back. That was the yeah. that was the Scotland game in which Landon Donovan was out, went off. Yeah. Um, I don't know, dude. I really don't know. By the way, real quick, Jared, uh, yeah. name, uh, the, forgotten, uh, the forgotten international, Eric Lehigh. How old yep. is Eric Lehigh, Jared? Uh, 25. 26 years yeah, old. Very close. He's so, still yeah. young. He's, he's still young. He's still certainly he? young enough. He, well, okay. He's young enough to have an impact on this team if he's a player who Yeah, he's good enough for a cycle. He's good for, he's in the prime age for this cycle. Okay. I wouldn't call him yeah. young, but he's in the prime age for this cycle. And to James's point here, okay, look at this roster we just got for the U.S. Men's National Team that Jurgen Klinsmann called up. There are six center backs in this roster. Yep. There is... Yep. There's Tim Ream, who's a left-footed yeah. defender of all types, I suppose. Jeff Cameron, who can play right back, but is probably more a natural center, center back. Greg Garza. Yeah. And Greg Garza. That's it. That's the no, list. No, no, no. Don't act like that's it. You have DeAndre Yedlin in midfield. Yeah, but he's going to play midfield because Klinsman likes him in midfield. I don't think, Yedlin, I don't think DeAndre yeah. Yedlin plays right back. I think Jeff Cameron uh, plays right back. and Maybe Tim Ream, even though he's a left-footed player. Tells you where we're at with that, doesn't it? I mean, and and you only you 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 have a fullback pool in which you're making excuses. Well, Fabian Johnson's injured, and Demarcus Beasley injured. is injured, and Chandler is injured, and then you got a guy. And I'm not. I don't know. I haven't seen him play, but I'm just saying. Why wouldn't you turn that stone over? Exactly. Lehigh plays week in and week out with Nottingham Forest, and the guy is a good defender. He's solid. He's not an all star, but he's solid. Okay. And we have backs that are hurt. And the guy just can't get a call. I don't understand. I, it. I, I can tell you why right now, and this is a very real answer. There's just other guys ahead of him. <laughs> yep. Provost, yep. Sir. That's that's really good. I mean, Hold on. Hold on yeah. a second, James. I gotta I, I gotta do this. The chopper! There we go. Uh yeah, man, I don't I again I don't know. I don't think it's I think that you know, Klinsman has his guy. This is true of every coach, by the way. Let's favorite, yeah. let's not let's not lock this in and say that Jurgen Klinsman is the only U.S. national team head coach who's overlooked some players because he's got his guys because that's happened before. Hey, he's the only national team coach that tried to get rid of Thomas Mueller, though, because he wasn't good enough for Bayern Munich. Yep. This, uh, you know, <laughs> he, the guy's got some quirks. <laughs> guy's got some quirks. It's a good, strong call to start. It's the a evening. great eye of talent, that Klinsman. Yeah, you got anything else, man? Yeah, well, thanks, guys. Listen, uh, uh, have a good show tonight, all right? Appreciate it. There goes uh, James Jersey talking a little... Eric Lehigh. Remember and it took us a while to figure out what his name actually had to actually say his name. Remember that? I don't, I don't think we had Lehigh pretty quickly. It was it was uh, legit that we really me- messed up. I think the whole soccer yeah. community went with let get for about three years. Yeah. Well, and then there's Chris Clutie, who never told anybody his name wasn't. Oh, no, Clute. that's Clute still for me. I ain't saying Clutie. That's weird. <laughs> but that's his name. That's how they. So if somebody said, hey, nice to meet you, Jared Du Bois, you'd be all right with that. Every time I order pizza, it happens. <laughs> All right, we are uh, we're rolling along here again. Lots. Oh to cover. wait, if if he ever like scores a goal, can we call it a Clutie shot? Uh, I'm not getting the reference on that. Oh, you never heard the song like about a Cootie shot? No. Nah, oh, I see. Okay. So yeah, but, tell kids when they feel like yes, they're, no, they're, they're I, I hurt. Do the circle, circle, dot, dot. Now yeah. you got your Cootie shot. Okay. Yeah. Sure. Why not? If you want to go, uh, I love that. If you're not watching this video, Jason <laughs> liked that joke more and more as he was saying the song, and you just can't. You can only know it if you're watching a video because all of a sudden you can tell. Okay, I kind of like this. <laughs> no, it's dumb. It's really no, dumb. Oh no, but no, dumb. I. I, I I challenge anyone okay. to rewind that and All watch right. the video. But, you enjoyed it as it went. But dumb makes me laugh. I, I'll, I'll fully admit that what? dumb <laughs> that dumb makes me <laughs> dumb makes me laugh. I feel like I should be insulted somehow. All right, uh, that's a good way to start. Three four seven seven five six six two seven six. I have a question for you very quickly before we move on to some topics, uh, soccer topics. You are a parent. You have two children. I, I reference. My this. wife tells me it's mine. We uh, we reference this many times on this show that we're both parents. I have one. You have two. Mm-hmm. I I uh, I'm at, I'm at my studio, my dedicated office studio. So I'm not doing this out of my house. So I was 
uh, you know, and it's late, and school started here. I don't know if school started mm-hmm. in Cali yet. Yeah, about two weeks ago. Okay, uh, it's, it's it's still another week away in some other counties nearby, but we started. Yes, today was the first day, so I'm not going to bring my kid to the studio and keep him up until eleven o'clock at night while I record best soccer show and the best bonus show. So I got a babysitter. Mm-hmm. How much do babysitters run? Do you even know, or is Mama always doing the work? Ooh. No, no, no. Mama usually makes me do it because she does. She doesn't feel. She feels awkward about the amount as well, and not never knows if it's right. And let's be honest: if I'm getting babysitter, by the time we get home, Mama's in a state of mind that's like not really. Uh, <laughs> should be should be handing out money. Oh, oh, all right. You're carrying her through the door. Is that what you're telling me? Eh, there's times. Yeah, um, here's an extra twenty. <laughs> yeah, uh, I would say that. I usually run somewhere in the eight to nine dollar an hour range. Okay, all right, that's I'm close. I'm I think I'm going to end up being close to that. I think it's around here. It's pushing ten. At least that's isn't it weird told. that it's never discussed prior. Uh, you know, it, it, so it's not until you hand the check over yeah. and you see the reaction of the person's face is like, oh, oh wait, I misstepped this. You were you're writing checks for babysitters. Well, I, how, how often <laughs> do I have cash? It's 21st century. Who carries cash? She should have one of those sliders on her. That's phone. what I'm saying. Maybe you should have. They should have PayPal information. You can just PayPal. She's serious about this there. career. That, well, okay. she needs to get a slider for her phone. First of all, you're being a little bit sexist right now. I'm just saying. Mine are girls. I'm okay. sorry. I, I happen to use girls, so that's <laughs> oh, my. Oh my god! Isolate that. I want that isolated for use later on in this program. <laughs> Jay Rodius. Uh, you got all the audio equipment, so yeah. you're your drop. 347-756-6276. All right, do you want to start with the national team, continue that discussion? Well, my, my, my man put us on it, so let's go ahead and push through this here. Okay, all right. So you've got uh, you've obviously got a, a team that's, that's being called together for a couple of friendlies. Peru on it's Friday. It's World Cup 2.0, basically. It's world. It's Gold Cup 2.0. Is that what you said? No, World Cup. Oh, oh, you mean it's everybody coming back? Yeah, everybody. Yeah. From, it's like getting the band back together. 2014. Jermaine Jones, Ma- Matt Beasler. Uh, who else am I missing? Uh, Tim Howard. Tim Howard's obviously coming back after his sabbatical. Absolutely. So when you look at this roster, and beyond the defenders, which you already talked about, maybe we can go in a little bit deeper here in a minute. Does Does anything jump out to you? I mean, I'm. This This is to me. This is very unsexy. I mean, I just don't see sexy here. Uh, it, it, there's things missing. Um, I'm surprised that Matt Beasler being called up. Not for a quality of play or anything like that issue, but I really thought that this is officially one of the guys that Klinsman just was not his guy. You know, we talked about him being vindictive and really kind of like, kind of punishing players for speaking out or for being kind of having opinions. Um, so I, I, I'm surprised, but pleasantly surprised about the Beasler uh, call up. Happy to see Greg Garza in there. Um, I would also say, um, not too surprised, but Andrew Wooten um, is a guy that's been talked about, and it leaked uh, to, I believe it was Kicker in the in Germany, that he was probably going to be called up a couple weeks ago. So that looks like that source was true. So whoever in Germany had that source, that's a good one. And then uh, Bobby Wood comes back in after uh, an, uh, maybe a bit of an odd omission from the Gold Cup after having a pretty good uh, European two games against Germany and uh, Holland. Well, that was all about him settling in at Union Berlin, which apparently he's done now, so let's go ahead and bring him back into the team. I I don't necessarily have a problem with Bobby Wood or with Andrew Wood, for that matter. Uh, No, I unearthed some talent because we need it. Yeah, I mean, if you were... I mean, this is what we usually do. All right, first of all, let's let's go ahead and roll through it. Everybody knows it by now. It's been out for a, a day, but let's go ahead and roll through it. You stop me if you have comment. That's how we play this game. Brad Guzon, Tim Howard, William Yarbrough. Any issues stop. there? All right. William Yarbrough is where you're stopping? No, Tim okay. Howard. All right, all right, and his return. The question then with Tim Howard, right, is does he have to earn his job back? Yes, in my mind. But I will say this. I kind of want to just sneaky give it to him. I feel Klinsman has to make him fight for it for integrity purposes. But this back line looked better always with Tim Howard around it than Brad Guzan. I think Brad Guzan has been a great keeper during this time. And it's kind of hard to judge him at times because the back line has been in shambles. But the keeper has to own a part of that. And I would say that the back line looked better in the World Cup than it has since. Mm-hmm. Um but at the same time, Matt Beasler hasn't really been a part of this, and he was a part of that uh, those World Cup sides, and Jeff Cameron was a part of those World Cup sides, and he's been out of favor as well. So it's hard to know how much of this to put on Brad Guzan in terms of the back four. I, I haven't seen a back four communicate for the U.S. in months or look like it was on the same page for months, maybe not since the World Cup. And even then, it wasn't great, but it was better than what I've seen lately. So you got Cameron coming back, Beasler coming back, Tim Howard coming back. 
I'm not going to lie. Part of me wants to see Klinsman just pull the trigger, put those players back in, and see if they can pick up where they left off at the World Cup. Let me ask you this. Uh, it's, uh, it wouldn't be good for team morale. It wouldn't be good for the, for the play of the team moving forward. But don't you kind of wish these guys didn't get along and there was a little bit of a rivalry here? Because it's all very chummy with Brad Guzan and Tim Howard. I mean, that's good for the team. That's ultimately better for the team. But I kind of want a little, uh, you heat? know, a little heat. Yeah, a little heat. Here's the quote. Tim and I get on really well in terms of on the field and off the field. You always have someone pushing you. You're always pushing someone else. And being in Europe, where it's obviously a little bit more cutthroat than here in the U.S., you develop a thick skin. That's all he said about uh, Tim Howard coming back to the team. We know it's obviously uh, wasn't good enough from a collective standpoint in the Gold Cup. That's now behind us. We need to make sure we look forward, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, I mean, he was the Golden Glove winner of the Gold Cup. I mean, Brad Guzan did a decent job in the time Tim Howard's been Tim Howard's been gone. I will say that you be careful what you wish for because the flip side of this coin could be France, two thousand ten. Yeah, you know, yeah, so no, there. No. It, yeah. yeah, you want these kind of dust ups. Yeah, you want some fight, some 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 guys that are passionate about their positioning and again getting into the starting lineup, but. There is the side where it goes too far. Okay, and well, so if they, if those are my two choices, skewing one way or skewing the other, I'd rather have vanilla, to be honest. Now, um, yeah, of course, uh, of course, from a team standpoint, that's the better option. Now, you mentioned whether or not Tim Howard could just get the job on the sly. There's the other issue. I mean, you said integrity purposes. Is it cool that Tim Howard took a year off? I mean, is it okay that he did that? It, it depends what conversation he had with Jurgen Klinsmann. And, and honestly, we don't know. Jurgen Klinsmann is always going to put the, the sunnier side of the spin on it. So maybe his hand was forced and Tim Howard says, I'm out either way. Or maybe he went to Klinsmann and said, hey, this is what I'm thinking. Klinsmann agrees it's best for his well-being, mental state, physical body, whatever it is. He's a guy getting up there in age. We know that Brad Fiedel, I mean, he retired from national team duty and kept playing for, what, six years? So, I mean, there is something there to say about the travel. Tim Howard's probably logged more airline miles than any other U.S. national team player in the last 10 years. Yeah, that's true. Okay, fair enough. Uh, so we've got the goalkeeper situation settled pretty much. Ventura Alvarado, Matt Beasler, John Brooks, Jeff Cameron, Greg Garza, Omar Gonzalez, Michael Orozco, and Tim Ream are your defenders. As I mentioned, there are six center backs in that group, uh, and there aren't a lot of fullback options. Now, you do have Beasler and Gonzalez, uh, the possibility of them playing together. We know Klinsman decided to roll with Alvarado and Brooks for most of the Gold Cup, and it was a disaster. I guess what we want to see here is, I mean, what we're waiting for is to see what Klinsman does with his center backs. What's the four you want to see? Uh, if I'm picking from this group, I'm going with, wow, I guess Cameron... Gonzalez, Beasler, and Garza. I'm close to that. I want to see one thing different. Put Cameron at right back. Put uh, Beasler in the middle. I want to see Beasler and Brooks together. Okay. All right. I think uh, it'd be interesting to me to see because I, I still, I'm not done with John Brooks. I know a lot of people. No, are. I'm not done with young him. guy. I'm not done with He's him. got plenty to do still. You, 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 you bash Brooks every time. I read your articles. I read your rankings. Uh, if he plays poorly, he gets a poor rating. That's how that works, Jared. Don't you know? Okay. <laughs> and then uh, I, I too, uh, I love me some Greg Garza. I know he had a couple bad games recently, but I still I'm in love with Greg Garza. I like what he does going forward. And I think he's the only fullback, left back, close enough to pushing Fabian Johnson into the midfield. Okay, there you go. Um, yeah, I think that Beasler, uh, Beasler and Brooks might work out um, based on their their respective abilities. I mean, I think Brooks. The problem with that with that pairing is that you're you're basically conceding aerial duels because neither one of those guys gets up and wins the ball in the air very yeah, well. They're also playing Brazil and Peru, though. This is true. They're probably more likely to keep the ball on the ground. I'll and I think that if it's in Jurgen Klinsmann's maybe his benefit to have a, a big man uh, tandem and a, a positioning tandem, and this may be the positioning tandem of those two, and then you have an Alvarado and a Gonzalez that are more the... the adv it, those guys are aggressive to no, a no. fault. Is this a hockey it, line situation? Is that what you're painting for me I here? I think it could be to, to a certain degree, but I will say one thing I like about Ventura Alvarado is also his weakness. I love how he leaves the back line to close down a ball, and it's to a fault, and I see you rolling your head, not just your eyes. So it's... In a, in a back line where everyone always looks so damn timid to ever step sure. out into to, to, to meet a midfielder that's facing the goal, sure. Ventura Alvarado will come higher, hell or high water, hell or high water, commit to that ball. Okay. And at times he does, it's to a fault. Okay, but do you want your center back stepping out on a guy who's 25 yards from goal 
and risk getting burned, risk opening space up behind, or do you want your center back playing a little bit more stay at home, and if if, if necessary, playing recovery the way that Emmanuel Gonzalez typically plays? I'd say that neither one has really worked for the U.S. I don't know. Okay, all right, fair enough. Let's move on to the midfield. Alejandro Bedoya, Joe Corona, Mixed Discrew, Jermaine Jones, Alfredo Morales, Danny Williams, DeAndre Yedlin. Two, a couple of things. Oh, you can stop me, but I'm going to go ahead and get this in. The, we talked about DeAndre Yedlin. I still think Klinsman sees him as a, a midfielder, not a, a fullback. The other element here is... But that's because it's defending a suspect, right? Not because he's that great of a midfielder. Uh, I don't know. I think I think Klinsman likes him in that in that position because of his, his skills, although I think he's more dangerous coming on the overlap. Uh, I think Klinsman likes the idea of having a matchup problem, and that's what yeah, Yedlin is. He's yeah. a matchup problem. Yeah, but The problem he... is he's not the best crosser. No. He's not the best one-on-one attacker. He's no. not the best defender. He's no. not the best decision maker. He's decent at you know, a lot of those things. You know what he is? If you, if you play through the middle, and typically when you have Michael Bradley in the team, you play through the middle, right? If you play through the middle, yeah. he's that wide option. He can certainly get in behind if Absolutely. You look, look for a forty-yard switch uh, and get him into space. But yep. if you're playing, com- if you're playing uh, combination up the flank, he's not very good at that. And now you're requiring your fullback to be somebody who can combine with him. If you're going to do that at all, if you try to get your width that way, and we looked at this team, is Jeff Cameron going to give you that width, Jared? He's going to be the guy overlapping on on runs forward. I don't think so. Uh, he, you know, he, I actually he does do it for Stoke a bit. I mean, I'm saying it's his what he does, but he does it a bit, but. Speaking of Mr. DeAndre Yedlin, I have a two-part pick your poison for you. Ooh. And if you got the second, I want to see get your opinion. This on sounds this. very complicated. Well, I'm just gonna give you one option. You're gonna answer, and I'm gonna give you a second option. <laughs> all, right, all right, DeAndre Yedlin or Ethan Finley as a midfielder. Ethan Finley as a right midfielder. Yes, I for think. the national team. No, I changed my mind. DeAndre Yedlin. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. DeAndre Yedlin. Yeah. Sebastian Legit. Uh, how am I playing? Because that, that really matters. Don't act like I'm sitting on the fence because that matters. I'm asking for your opinion with who you'd rather see. I think I, I, think I want Legit. I think Legit's a better passer of the ball. He makes better decisions. I think he's So run- by the transitive property, then you're seeing Legit over Finley as well, then, right? Yeah, I think right. Yeah, I think right now, Ethan Finley is a straight line player, and so is DeAndre Yedlin. So I'm, I'm picking between the faster of two straight line players. Yeah, when you ask me that question, Sebastian Legette has more has more elements to his game. He's more multifaceted. But I will say, Ethan Finley is a better server of the ball and than better, DeAndre Yedlin. Yeah, and he's smarter, or at least I, that's not I don't well, mean that's okay. smart as in life. That, but, but I mean he's but that also, that might player. also be based on the fact that DeAndre Yedlin is being converted to midfield after playing fullback for so long. Absolutely, but I mean it's Klinsman's choice to put a project player into his starting lineup. This is true. I mean, he does it ridiculous. And, the, and I by by that rationale and that, that that argument we're having right now, you can see where I stand on my omission of Ethan Finley, Sebastian Legette, Benny Failhaber. Those are the three players that need to be in this team that aren't. Three four seven seven five six six two seven six. You want to jump in on on, on any of this? And, and really, we're a DefCon situation. Give me your DefCon status right now with two friendlies coming out of a fourth place finish in the Gold Cup. With Mexico looming on October 10th at the Rose Bowl, because that's really what it's what it's all about. Excuse me, the Concacaf Cup, guys. That's what it's yeah, all get about. Get it right, huh? A hundred, what, hundred and four dollars or something like that for a ticket? Uh, is that what it is? I haven't even looked, to be honest. With I, you. I think that's on the fairly cheap side to go get uh, yelled at by by security and okay. Mexican fans. Okay, but but see, they're trying to get some sort of split. If American fans buy the tickets and go. It will be better than usual. Let's just say it that way, okay? Okay. Because U.S. Soccer controls thirty thousand tickets. I'll have to take someone else's opinion for because I ain't going. Uh, see, I and and you're the you're the guy who's who. When I say shut up and go, you're the guy that's not going. <laughs> yeah. And just yeah, I'm sorry. It. I have personal experience and like and people that I trusted have been in those environments before. I've I've been to Rose Bowl a million times and I don't like it just in terms of a lot of other things. And then to add to that. The security issues from the past, it's just, it's not right. I, right. I, I, I have no, right. if they do it right this time around and I get firsthand experience from people I trusted there and said it was better, I'll go next time. Okay. Uh, Josie Altador, Aaron Johansson, Bobby Wood, Andrew Wooten, Giassi's artist. You already talked a little bit about what Bobby Wood, Andrew Wooten. By the way, Andrew Wooten's not young. He's 25, so he's not young, certainly by the J. Rodia standard. Uh, but he is getting an opportunity based on his goal yeah. scoring in Germany. Altador is. But that in- rationale, Jesse Zardes isn't that young either, no, to be tr- honest. True. He's, uh, well, he's 23 at this point, right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that, you know. No, I think he might be 24 now. 
Okay. Well, we'll Let's see how fast you can type and how fast your internet is. So you can tell me or not. Oh, he turns 24 in three days. So there you go. Okay. All right. So he's almost 24 years old. Happy early birthday to Jossie's artist. Um, he's going to be playing for the United States men's national team. Uh, right, right on as his a birthday. midfielder or as a striker. As a midfielder, I don't think I don't think he gets used as a striker. So does he start or does Yedlin start? Or neither. Hmm. Uh, well, we've already established the back four. Uh, are we, what, what are we imagining Klinsman's going to roll out? A, a, another diamond? Um, I think with Michael Bradley gone, you're going to see more of a flat four. I okay. think you may even see a bit of a, a bucket here, even though I don't see the second bucket player in, the, in this. Um, well, you don't- obviously, Jermaine Jones is, is going to be a starter if he yeah. has the, the conditioning to go. I'm kind of surprised by the Jermaine Jones call-up, not in terms of his, his well, you- technique or ability. Yeah. Well, I was going to say, what, what, uh, Jones, I think, is right. What you'll probably get to start is something like a double pivot with Discrude and Jones. Yeah. Sharing responsibility, going forward, dropping back. I mean, we'll see how that but works But if you're going to bring Joe Corona for me, play him in the middle. No, I'm with you on that. I don't know what's going to happen with Joe Corona. I think, Alejandro- I think you're going to see Alejandro Bedoya on yeah. one side, and you're going to see Jossie um, Zardes starting on the other. Okay. Yeah, I think that's probably right with DeAndre Gadlin on the bench ready to come in. I think that's uh, and you're gonna start Josie and Aaron Johansson. I think, or he may want to see extended minutes for Bobby Wood. I'm, I'm not sure on that. Yeah, that's that's the that is, there is definitely an open question, and we're talking about these guys returning to this team. One of the guys sort of returning is Josie Outdoor after he was dropped to the Gold Cup uh, at the after the group stage, Jared. And I was kind of I kind of thought that not not done done not donezo, but just. Yeah, maybe you're going to be gone for a while. Well, he's right back in the team, and I think he's probably going to play because there aren't any other options. Yeah, I think, well, honestly, and, and credit where credit is due, we were extremely hard on Josie Outsour what one or two episodes ago. And since then, yeah. he's played well for Toronto. Scoring goals. Absolutely. He's played well. Not just yeah, scoring goals, obviously, what we said was the measure, but he's actually playing well as well. And I, I think. He is putting his head down, doing some work, and that's what Josie needs to do. And hopefully, that's enough. I think Klinsman's hands here is forced either way with Clint Dempsey not coming in for the first match, Michael Bradley not coming in for the first match. Um, striker is a, a big problem for this team. So I kind of surprised Jordan Mortis doesn't come in on this one. Mm, no, nah, I mean everything is weird because he's still in college. I mean everything. I know he's been called up for friendlies in the past, but everything is still weird because of his college status. So I, I don't know what to make of that. U.S. men's national team facing off against Peru on Friday. That's the first of the two, and then they go up to New England. To I, face I hope Klinsman trolls Mexico by bringing Jordan Morris after what he did last time around. You think you hope he trolls him? What? What do you mean? I think no. I mean, he brought last time they brought the last time they played Mexico. They brought Jordan Morris in. And he scored ah, against right. Them. I see what you're saying. And so you see, you hope maybe he comes around in October 10th. We see Jordan Morris on the field. Kind of hope. Uh, yeah, not uh, not too far. Well, a couple hours. Some hours, some hours south of, of Stanford, uh, where Jordan Morris is still playing his uh, his college soccer. All right, we've got a full MLS weekend to review. Uh, the phone lines again still open three four seven seven five six six two seven six. Before we do that, there's actually a couple of more interesting off the field. Not more interesting. There's some interesting off the field things. We will get to MLS here, but I got to ask your opinion. Did you get a chance to watch this trailer for this movie? I don't know what you're talking about. Okay, so. Somebody pointed this to, to uh, pointed this to me on Twitter the uh, yesterday. There is a movie coming out. It's called Eden, which, by the way, there's like eight million movies called Eden. So it's really confusing when you go and look for information on this movie. There's a movie coming out called Eden. I watched the trailer. There is uh, the the <clears throat> the story uh, storyline is this: a the U.S. men's national team plays in a game somewhere. You see some okay. flashes of soccer action. They get on an airplane. They uh, they must have won. They're all happy. Whatever. They get on the airplane. The airplane crashes on a desert island in the middle of the ocean. And now it's so th- is, this sounds like a hot alive. It is. It's it's very much like a yeah oh uh, 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 yeah. It's a, it's an alive without the well, hopefully without the cannibalism. I mean, let's just hope that doesn't happen. I see for yourself, man. So you gotta do what you gotta do. Yes. And James Remar apparently plays the head coach in this movie. Who's that? Uh, you would know him if you did a quick uh, quick Google search. See if you could okay. do that. Um, Dexter's father? Dex- oh, yeah, yeah. Dexter. I've never that. watched it, and I've never watched Dexter. All right. Tre- Trevor's probably going to disown us for that. 301, you're on oh, the air. Oh, okay. I know him. He's a bad guy, like in everything. Yes, he is. He tends to be a bad guy. 301, you're on the air. Hey, it's Amir from Maryland, Suburbia. What's going on, Amir? Um, so, 
past few weeks have been calling in, you know, saying DC should get credit as the Supporter Shield uh, top <laughs> top team, whatever. Yeah, how you um, feel about that? I I regret that now. <laughs> uh, they're not looking good. That was quite the beating they, are, they took uh, in New York or in Jersey on uh, uh, yesterday. That, that stop, but that style of play was never going to be able to self-sustain. I think that's what you need to take from this. It's not that they're they're not a bad team. They're a good team. But that style of winning relies a lot on the other team not playing well and frustrating them. And you can do that. DC wants to make the game sloppy. okay? And they want to scrape out these things. But when you choose to scrape... I mean, you're counting on well, the other team not being able to beat you. A couple of things from that game, Amir. One, they miss Fabian Espindola's energy so much. I mean, the yeah, guy yeah. is a pest up top, and Sabarillo's not going to do that work for you. He's just not. Uh, Sabarillo went an entire half without touching the ball, as far as I could tell. So you need Fabian Espindola in that team. And Chris Rolf's trying, but he's dropping into midfield. Now you've mm-hmm. isolated Sabarillo. So when he does get the ball, where's he going to play it? He's got his back to go and two defenders on him. So it's almost impossible. I'm not sold on, on I've never been sold on Sabarillo myself. And I don't think he, he's, he's got the skill to get his own play going. He needs a, he needs a counterbalance. Espindola, with his work rate, really helps pull defenders away. As Jason said, I mean, he's getting doubled all the time. I just don't think he has the ability to beat guys in that manner. He no. needs, a, he needs a, a tandem up there. And you're right. They want to muck it up, and they want to capitalize on mistakes. They want turnovers. They want yeah. turnovers in midfield for a break, with especially Rolf running things. They want to find that defender who's going to make a, a mistake and hand them the ball and an easy chance. And, act, and what ended up happening, Amir, yesterday was it was DC United who was handing things to the Red Bulls. Bobby Boswell was atrocious yesterday. And I think you're seeing a counterbalance to that on the west on western side in what San Jose did to LA Galaxy. San Jose refused to play the way every other team that that Galaxy have dominated recently have played. They said, screw whether or not what you think you are. We are going to go after you. L.A. thrives on teams cowering a bit and allowing them to have possession, allowing them to have time on the ball to let their skill beat you. San Jose had wanted no part of that. They are going to take the game to L.A. They got no reason to fear them. They win almost every time. I think L.A.'s won once in the last 12 games up north. I mean, they have every reason to be cocky, and L.A. isn't used to that. They're used to teams being afraid of them, and San Jose wasn't. So I think you saw this weekend two of the top teams in MLS get forced out of their comfort zone and teams being smart about how they wanted to go after them. New York took care of the ball, played simple, and then beat them when they when the yeah, opportunities finally arose. Again, I mean, it's it's DC United left them so much space. I mean, Sasha Kleschian, Mike Grella, Felipe, they were those guys were running with the ball at their feet for days, for yeah. days, and and that is definitely not how DC United is going to beat anybody. Now you're going to have to leave gaps. You can't cover all the space all of the time. But I thought that Marcus Halstey was a was a disaster too, Amir, and that's you know uh, uh, some smart people. I think it was. Um, uh, I think it was MLS, uh, MLS analyst um, Mr. Doyle who said it's really bad that DC United is so dependent on um, on a guy. Why am I? I just the name went out of my head. Spindola. No, not not a Spindola <laughs> in midfield. Um, what's his name? Eric Kitchen. Kitchen. No, the other guy. <laughs> why, why? Arno. Arno. Davy Arno. Oh. Uh, Davy Arno. An aging player like Davy Arno. That's sorry. It's my fault. Uh, I don't. It, that's really bad that DC United's dependent on that guy because again, you swapped Ar- Arno for for Halstey and they fell apart in midfield. They got overrun. And Espindola wasn't out there either. I and mean, he'll stretch the field, give more 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 opportunities. So I mean, there is a few things going wrong for DC. But Amir, question for you: Two weeks yeah. ago, people were wearing Benny Ball like a like a Dookie chain around their neck, like flossing <laughs> as they walk down the street. Yeah. What does Benny Ball feel like today? Honestly, I was never a supporter of Benny Ball. I mean, I, I respect it. Like, I respect it. I didn't not like yeah, you it. Gotta. I was like, okay, this is what we got to do. All right. I see it. It pairs well with RFK, I do have to say. But honestly... <laughs> it's, it's dirty, it's grimy, it's see, falling apart. <laughs> honestly, good. right now, these past couple games, I see no difference with this DC team with the one from 2013. Yeah. Because no. uh, and wait, for this whoa. whole season, all they've been doing is just relying on Fabian Spindola to be good. 
Well, well he, was it 2013, the one where they made the a late push like and actually Kanye? went deep? No, no, no. 2013 was the Did worst The worst up. season in MLS history was 2013. Yeah, I think in 2012. Now, the, the, like, they are dependent. Thanks for the call, Amir. They are dependent on a spindola, but he was missing, and they were still getting results. So let's not act like they haven't figured out a way to play without him in the past. It just and they got, were doing the season good the season before like Saborio ever got there in the first place, too. I mean, they've added some good components, but... Their style hasn't changed, they, and I think are, that the best teams in this league have traditionally, and Bruce Arena's teams especially among them, they change the way they play to the opponent, mm-hmm. or they have the ability to adjust in games. There's a reason why LA has won almost every second half they've played for the last three months. Arena makes adjustments, changes what he needs to change, and they move on. Ziggy Schmidt traditionally has done that as well. Mm-hmm. But you don't see any difference when, when DC United is playing ahead or behind with Ben Olsen. Yeah, well, there's also this. Um, again, I mentioned Halsty, who has uh, finally gotten into the team after uh, not playing for with injury for a while. Uh, again, Davey Arnault is clearly a player they missed in midfield, which, again, I think is troubling. But look at, the, you know, D.C. United needs a goal. That Who do they turn to? When they, when they need to make a change, who do they turn to? They turn to Jairo Arrieta and Connor Doyle and Michael Farfan. Okay. Mm-hmm. Now, if yeah. you know when when uh, Jesse Marsh decided to go to his bench to lock that down, he's obviously making different substitutions. But look at the guys he's got on his bench. Actually, the three guys that came on were Sal Zizzo, Gonzalo Verone, who they just signed and on a DP contract, and yeah. Sean, and Sean Davis, who is a young and that doesn't even player. count Sean Wright Phillips when no, he's healthy. And that's what I'm saying. Sean Wright Phillips, a bong is on the bench. These, this is that was a deep team. This is a very deep New York team. And that's a major difference when you get to August 25th or whatever. 20, so it makes you uh, wonder, where's the, the, the Chris Pontius? You know, is that it? Oh, the, he was there. I think that, that's the a, I, th- I think that is a, a lead anchor around their neck right now, which is unfortunate because I like the guy. And I, when he's healthy, I think he's one of the best players in, in, in this league. And he could have played anywhere he wanted in Europe for the most part. I think he was smart enough and good enough to do so. He's very similar to Ben Olsen in that, in that a guy, he, he hasn't found a way to change his game, though. Yeah. He's lost that step. Unfortunately, the injuries are catching up to him a bit, and Ben Olsen was able to adapt and turn into a different player. Mm. Chris Pontius may have to do the same thing. Yeah, well, because right now that's a big salary that's around their neck. No, and yeah, and him getting back and getting healthy is a good story, but he is not—he was not effective yesterday, and obviously, he's not the player he used to be. All right, let's turn to uh, since we've been transitioned to MLS, we can turn to some other results in this league. You kind of talked about LA Galaxy and. And San Jose already, and we can leave that out there. I don't credit think- to San Jose, and uh, you're not going to hear me say that often. Credit to San Jose; they did the right thing last night, the, uh, the other night when they played LA. Yeah, Friday night, one nothing win uh, out of Vice. And that is not San Jose. That's not your mama's San Jose anymore. That's not Bash Brothers San Jose. That's playing up there. That team is fast. They move the ball. They're dynamic off their the movements off the ball. I mean, this is a different. San Jose than what we've been used to for the last four or five years. Dom Kinnear, is, I don't know if there's been a coaching change recently that is so apparent in terms of the style that was played and the style that's played now as the one Dom Kinnear's put in place there. And we talked for years about Dom Kinnear's style of play being boring, but now I'm starting to wonder if it just maybe he didn't have the pieces that he wanted. But that was He's his team. Still, he could go get those pizzas in, in Houston if he wanted to get could those pizzas. Well, I mean, he you was know, there. We don't know what the general manager said yes to and what they didn't. That's true. Uh, that's true. Oh, uh, I, I you're, maybe you're right. I, I don't think that they're. I don't think there's some sort of super proactive, fun team to watch. Uh, and I also don't goal. think San Jose is like the greatest team ever. I just think that Don Kinnear is earning his money this he's season. He's just he's just the guy has magic in his fingertips, and he just he's a good coach too. He understands how to play LA. I know, I know. Uh, Daniel in Atlanta. Not in the finals of anything. Daniel but. in Atlanta is on the line. I imagine he wants to talk about LA. What's up, Daniel? Yes, I want to talk about my life. <laughs> All right, what's on your mind? Oh my god, that 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 one zero loss. I was I was thank goodness I was asleep, or else I would have thrown a fit and I would have probably broken my. I would have well, okay, my and, and here's the thing for me about this loss, as Jared outlined, San Jose they're on an incredible run right now. They're getting themselves back into the playoff picture. I, I, you know, I think they probably have an inside track right now. They had six home games left because of that delay with Avaya Stadium, Jared. So we know that they're they're going to have points to get. Meanwhile, LA they lose this game. Look, it's a rivalry match. You went to the other people's place. I, I'm worried about LA's road form and how it might bite them in the playoffs. But I still mm-hmm. have them as my MLS Cup favorite. I'm not changing that because of Friday. 
No, I don't think there's any reason to, to be honest with you. Um, I, I think they came up against a well-coached team and a team that has all the confidence in the world because the track record and history is on their side. And uh, one other thing I'll say about San Jose real quick is one of the untold stories, I think, of this season is how Chris Wondolowski has embraced a role that he falls way off the line. He falls into midfield. At times, even gets played as a midfielder this yeah, season. Yeah. And what that does, even like in this game where he's listed as a striker, Look how much of the game he's playing off. Like kind of similar to Robbie Keane does, to be honest with you, where he retreats backwards, which is not what you associate with Chris Wondolowski. You usually think of the guy getting on the end of balls at the other in the box. But what that allows to do is when he drops back, the speed of Cato, the speed of Salinas is free to go forward with Wondolowski kind of falling in that space behind to cover just in case. And it's really playing well for San Jose. A lot of secondary runs from, yeah. from Chris Wondolowski as well. Daniel, go ahead. Yeah, uh, uh, it was it was a good win for for San Jose, but I I honestly didn't didn't like the loss. <laughs> Is that all you got, um, man? You're just a fan moaning no, about the loss. I mean, it's cool. No, but... <laughs> I was actually going to ask Jared a question. All right, go for it. And Jared, between these two LA Galaxy players, who do you think will leave first, Omar right. or Zardes? Zardes every day of the week. I'd like the other one to leave first, but. Zardes has more value right now. He's less necessary, to be honest with you. You got a guy like Nacho Maganto, Jose Villarreal. Not to say that they're better than Jossie Zardes. I'm not making that point. But you have guys that can play the position he is right now. And you could argue that Jossie's playing out of position. And Bruce Arena did, uh, Adam Serrano put a quote out there from Bruce Arena this week about him saying that Giovanni Dos Santos isn't technically fit enough to play the midfield role yet. So Giovanni Dos Santos' ultimate role may be in that midfield role and GLC Zardes gets pushed forward. But in Villarreal and in Nacho Maganto, you have two guys that are MLS ready. They're MLS ready right now that cost you less money. Mm -hmm. And on a team like LA, you have to make those decisions a lot more often than you have to do as other teams because... Now, granted, Jossie's artist, from what I understand, homegrown never really goes away anymore, and, and uh, you can just keep them as long as you want. It doesn't hit your cap as much. But there is a windfall of cash that could come your way in a certain manner with Jossie's artist, who's cost you nothing to bring up mm -hmm. or to get ready. And you could probably sell them for, what, roughly $3 million or so yeah. right now, Jossie's artist? Yeah, something in that range, I would think. Maybe, maybe a little hey. bit more. I mean, depending on, you know, uh, the national team obviously helps, and that's the kind of thing that's going to get him a permit if he ends up going somewhere like England, which we don't mm -hmm. want him to do. We definitely don't want him to go to England. I don't think there's any. I'd like to see him do a transitional league, like uh, like a Dutch league or something like that, or, or the, the Belgian league, which he's been linked to. Yeah, which he talked well. about. Yeah. Like, he's been linked to. Uh, Daniel, would or you, France. I think France would be a good one that actually pushes him. Yeah, and that still has a little bit of safety to it. Yeah, uh, Daniel, would you would you shed a tear for Jossie's artist rolling on? I think I would. To 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 be quite honest with you, I've I've actually fallen in love with him. Wow, that's wow. that's pretty heavy. Jeez. I think that's an MLS. I think that's a, a best soccer show first, right? I mean, I don't, I don't. Do I have anything to play? For I don't this, think it Jared? was ever really like talked about love. No, do I have? I don't think I have anything to to play for for love. I mean, a, maybe. Damn, dog, that's inappropriate. <laughs> Shut up, Daniel. We're just messing, player, messing with you, bro. Don't worry you got about Sade. it. <laughs> I do have some Sade. I got some smooth operator. Smooth operator. <laughs> Daniel, uh, your team will be fine. Don't worry. I actually. I half expect to be making a trip out to L.A., uh, crash, maybe crashing at the dojo again and uh, watching L.A. in the MLS Cup final. I, I think that's uh, definitely still on the table, man. Exactly. And uh, speaking of MLS Cup final, we all three of us know that L.A. is going to make it. But out of the East, who do you guys want to see? Who do you guys actually suspect coming out of the East? Well, I mean, based on current evidence, it's the Red Bulls, right? Is there anybody else that looks better than the Red Bulls? No, but I wouldn't put it past New New England to do what they've done before and just put, come down really strong sure. towards the end. And we said it, I, I know for a fact I said it, is that I'm not counting out New England until Jermaine Jones gets back. Okay. Because well, that if you look at the eight-game losing streak last year, they signed Jermaine Jones, he comes in, talismanic, gets it done. They push for the way, all the way to the Almost Cup final. Same thing's happening right now. Five games unbeaten right now, I want to say, since he's come back. So... You see something very similar going on. I'm not going to bet against the trend. And I, at this point, New England could still finish as the better team, but I think New York's going to finish as the higher team in the standings. Okay, yeah, four of their last five winners of three. The winners, <coughs> excuse me, of three in a row, four of their last five, and undefeated in five. Thanks for the call, Daniel. Um, you know, the, the Red Bulls look good. New England's looking good right now. Um, 
It, Columbus should be good, and they're just not. No, they're they're okay. They're okay. I'm not saying they're not good. That's unfair. That team should be the elite team of the East, and they're not. Okay. And I can't figure out why. That's, you have Kai Kamara. That's a high Justin bar. Miram, Federico Iguain, Ethan Finley, Will Trap. I mean, yeah, Will Trap, Tony Chani, mm. Michael Parkers. How far down the line do I need to go? That is a great yeah. MLS team. Well, they just, and they're look, not. They're, they they just folded in. A new fullback in in uh, Uffel. Now they've got. They're trying to sort out some defensive issues that they've had. They 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 haven't lost in four. They got three wins in their last four: Colorado, Kansas City, and I, New I'm York just City. They should be the runaway best team in the East, and they're not. Okay. And I don't get it. Okay, three two three. You're on the air. Hey guys, this is Robert from LA. What's going on, Robert? Hey guys, we just wanted to change the subject and ask you this question on um. Uh, since uh, the you know the world transfer window is almost closing, uh, usually ML uh, ML makes a big deal out of the ML trade deadline, the, the interleg thing. But when it comes to like, the transfer window worldwide, they make uh, pretty much no attention. They better put attention to it. So I want to get your thoughts on that. Who who are we talking about? No, no, He's just, just talking- any player, any MLS player in general, not not just US players, but a- a- any player across the league. I think you usually see more players move in the in the winter transfer window for MLS because I think MLS teams are more likely to give up their players because it's at the, it's the middle of our off season. Um, I, I I think traditionally that's what I feel. I don't know if that's a fact. I don't know have any measurable statistics against it, but I feel that if you're if you're LA Galaxy right now and there's an offer on the table for Giassi Zardes that you feel that there's nothing that's going to decrease his value over the next three months. And he's going to get more national team appearances. He's probably going to play in the playoff against Mexico, a very big game. What's your incentive for selling him now when you are one of the favorites to win the MLS Cup? By the way, this, I don't see it. This is the arg- This is one of the arguments for the people who want a season switch. This is Eric Winalda's major argument. Line them up because then player movement happens, can happen when, when the season's starting in Europe. Uh, and vice versa. I mean, certainly you look at the teams across the league, Jared, that have added players in the summer transfer window. Outside of L.A. and Giovanni Dos Santos um, and Steven Gerrard, is anybody else really doing well with this, with a DP added in the middle of the season? A big uh, you could say DP. New York, but Verone's still not totally proven yet. I think Seattle's gotten better with the with the gentlemen, the tours that they've brought in and stuff like that, but none of them have been a real big impact the way like Gio DeSantos has come in and I mean averaging assist or a but, goal but, a game but, pretty but much. It, but he's also playing with 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 those guys with Giassi's artist Sebastian Legette, Robbie Keane, guys who know how to play together. Uh, and, yeah. and 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 he they didn't ask him to come in and make and be the difference between not making the playoffs and making the playoffs, which is what most teams are doing when they sign these these DPS. So again, you know the 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 players who have made the move before the season started and got settled in like Sebastian Javinko, have made yeah. huge impacts on their teams. And that's, again, another argument for, for switching the window or switching the season. Well, it's another, ra- another ra- argument for why you'd get Frank Lampard in here at the beginning of the season. Well, that's a different argument altogether. Uh, Robert, you got anything else, man? Uh, no, I just wanted to get that. Oh, uh, thanks for taking the call. And one more thing, guys. Jared, uh, I started watching uh, Mr. Robot. It's a good show. I want to watch that. Should I watch oh, that? Oh, dude, you're not watching that yet, Jason? No, I need to watch that. It's on USA. I- Binge watched that on the plane the other day, how, how did, and I'll, I'll tell you this: it's one of those things. And I'm going to tell you right now. And when you watch episode eight, you're going to want to watch all seven over again. It's okay, one of those type wow. of shows. Okay, now is this? How do I watch it on demand? Where can I get it? Um, you can watch it on USA's uh, app. Okay, um, right. I, I downloaded it on iTunes because I wanted to be able to watch it on the plane. I couldn't oh, stream, so, so I it. bought the season pass and just downloaded okay. it. All so right, I could fair enough. It. I, I I saw a commercial the other. I've seen people talk like doing the the show wrap ups. I need to watch. They have this. the first five minutes of the first episode free to watch. I'd like you go to the YouTube channel, and it's probably the most, I would say, inca- it just ensnares you with okay. the first five minutes. It's different than anything you've seen before, and it's gritty, and it's, it, it and it, Rami Malik, the guy that plays the lead in it, is so dang good. And you, you just go watch the first five minutes. Anyone out there, totally free, go to YouTube, Mr. Robot, first five minutes. This is not like, um, uh, psych. It's not the USA of Psych and like all the other weird shows that USA puts out there. Burn this notice. is them actually throwing their hat in the ring. Okay, I was gonna say Burn Notice, Psych. Uh, another cool thing about it, f bombs, and all they do is they just they kind of silence the f bombs a little bit, but they oh, totally wow. rock them. And it just instead of f bomb, it's like 
but you know what wow. they're saying. Oh, well, that's pretty. Trevor's putting it on USA's Breaking Bad. That's what he's putting it on. That's pretty, oh, absolutely. It definitely could be that if they can if they can keep this going through uh, through the end of the season and going into next. All right, so Mr. Robot, that's the wreck. I, I did. I saw the ad the other day, and I don't know how it escaped my attention, but I need to go back and watch it. All right, we've got the phone line still open three four seven seven five six. 6276. We've touched on some MLS. We can continue some MLS, but I want to make sure I get this in. Interesting news today, um, which came through the Financial Times, which you're not, if you're not familiar, sort of the Wall Street Journal of England, sort of in that realm. It's very much an, a, okay. an economics focused. Uh, the Bloomberg. Uh, yeah, the Bloomberg News, a little bit, something like that. Here's your headline League cries foul of U.S. Soccer Federation's new rules. Your subhead. What? NASL alleges its attempts to graduate to Division One are being blocked. I must click. Now, uh, here is what the basic point of the story is that U.S. soccer is proposing major changes to the Division One standards, and NASL is pissed off. Here's the proposed changes according to the story. I mean, I mean, the other source on this. You can't be involved with traffic. It's (laughs) that's not man. Damn dog. In a probes. <laughs> All right. Under the proposed changes to qualify for Division One, a league would need 16 teams, not 12. That was the original standard. Up no from, problem with uh, that. Up from 12. It would also have to meet a requirement that 75% of its teams be based in cities with a population of more than 2 million people. I'm no assuming problem that's with that. Metro area, up from 1 million. It adds that a requirement for all team stadiums to meet a minimum 15,000 seat capacity for the entire league. NASL not having that. They're not, they don't dig that at all. Now, this is all about restraint of trade, monopolies, uh, break. No, it's not. No, no, no. That, uh, okay, I understand what that's, what the, that's, the, their that's argument. the argument. That that's the take. argument. I have zero problems with any of these standards. No, zero. this is about a big boy country saying that we want a big boy league. Now, granted, these expectations couldn't have been met by any league when MLS started. So, granted, you have to have a starting point. But this country should expect more of its top division than what it should have, what it can be yeah. out there in 96 and what NASL can give right now. Yeah, here's, here's the argument. This is from, uh, let's see, this is a Jeffrey Kessler, an antitrust and sports attorney representing NASL, wrote a letter to Sunil Galati. Quote, doubling the population criteria now is an anti-competitive bait-and-switch with, <laughs> with the purpose of entrenching MLS's monopoly position at the very time when the NASL is threatening to become a significant competitor. End quote. I, I don't think there's one person that thinks NASL is significantly co- a, a competitor. Well, there are a lot of people that do think that, but they're not necessarily... They, they are you know the, what? They're in, they're in cities that don't have too many million or more people. Well, they're also anti-MLS. So, and I, look... This is to me scream sour grapes. Really, it does. Oh yeah. And I'm like, I look, I don't have a problem with NASL making a run, and I understand that the that the goalposts are being moved, but the goalposts are being moved because those are good standards. Those it, it, are it's D1 like standards. keeping up with the rate of inflation. Yes, I, I agree. mean you got to change the minimum wage to keep up with inflation, or you end up being way behind, like we are right now. Now again, so, I mean the the whole argument tr- turns on the notion. That U.S. soccer is protecting MLS and giving it essentially um, a, a trust over a monopoly and over America. Maybe soccer. they are, but here's the thing: none of this doesn't. No, that's gonna be a double negative. <laughs> All of this makes sense. Okay. All right. Everything that we just read makes sense of what you should expect if you really believe in this sport in this country. Okay. You should be in the big markets. You should have big stadiums. I mean, you need to have these. You should have 16 teams. I mean, you you have to push for these things and change the benchmarks along the way. And I apologize to NASL that they don't think that, that they may not be able to meet these standards. But honestly, if you can't meet these standards, guess what? You're not the top league mm-hmm. in this country. There is another team, the league that is doing these things, and granted, they were given a handout, and I get that they were the only team that people that stepped up at the time, and they got help from U.S. Soccer. But it doesn't change the fact that they meet these requirements, and anyone looking from the outside would see it as a step backwards to go to NASL. Now, the uh, again, you know, the notion that there is some sort of monopoly uh, only works if U.S. Soccer doesn't have the. The, the authority, the across-the-board authority to make these changes within the law. And there is 
This is my basic understanding from trying to read up today, and I'll give credit to Aaron Stoller who was talking about this. There is a law on the books. It's like the Amateur Sports Act. I think it's like 1978 or something, which essentially hands authority over the regulation of certain sports, mostly sports that, that are in the Olympic program, to governing bodies like U.S. soccer, essentially saying you make the rules, you have a full carte blanche to do whatever you want to do, with your standards in governing this. Now, I don't know, again, that's the Amateur Sports Act. I don't know how it applies necessarily to professional leagues. I don't know what the argument is. There's going to be some legal wrangling here. I actually think that this is, I think this is, I don't think this is good for NASL in the end. Now, I know. NASL is is not, listen, once again, I apologize to the folks out there that this is going to offend, but sorry, NASL, you're Betamax. Your HD DVD, you're all these things that were the wrong version of the right thing. It, the writing's on the wall. No, USL is going to be the D two. No, no, okay, well, there's that. There's there's certainly that argument. NASL is going to go extinct. I'm sorry, it, it's not in the long run. It's not going to. Be, first of all, they fail to cooperate with the with the D one league. They don't cooperate with MLS. Not that they have to, but listen, you've chosen to take a line in the sand and say we're on this side of it. USL sees that as an opportunity, and this country needs an alignment in the pyramid, and NASL is never going to get on board. They're never going to get on board with what this country really needs, and that is a aligned league structure, first, second, third division. They're never going to be on board unless they're at the top, and they're not good enough to be at the top. Jay Rodius. There you go. Um, all right. We, uh, yeah, by the way, I got. I don't the, fear anyone's mentions. No, Mention me all you want. I got the Avaya Stadium thing wrong. I don't know why my brain was telling me that there was a delay. They, 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 that was, yeah. I don't know why they're backloaded, but San Jose is backloaded with, with home games. All right. Look, again, I don't know where this is going to go. My problem is, and look, I'm not a fan of everything MLS does. I watch the soccer, it's the top level of soccer we have here, it's the best quality of soccer we have here. I realize single entity blows. I don't like that. I, I think that it made sense in the beginning, and I think MLS is going to hamstring itself pretty significantly when it comes to getting to top world status because of single entity. Because they're not going to let it go. They're going to hold it's. It's like Charlton Heston and the gun. You can pry it out of my cold dead hand. That's what's going to happen with these owners, Jared. And until you get a group of owners in who replace some of the old OGs who will are willing to go their own way and open things up, MLS is going to be stuck in in the middle of mediocrity when it comes to world leagues that's just the way things are going to go but this fighting thing that 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 american soccer does is always bad always bad yep Yep. and i just i uh, that's where i am which is why i like usl's position you know what we're done trying to be the the crown jewel we're not that's not going to be us we're going to know our role in this and we're going to try to do what's best for soccer in this country and that's align these things for once for once, just get this stuff aligned. You know, it, it's, it's frustrating to me that to see all the infighting and then we as a fan base choose to take our side and wave our flag as if our side is the only right answer. The right answer is for all these things to cooperate. And at least USL and MLS are making an attempt at it. I'm not trying to say that they're right in every instance or even that MLS's course is always correct. But the course they've chosen has given us more viability and more foothold in the world's game than I thought we would be in 1996. Ultimately, the question comes down to whether or not you believe backing the MLS horse and and promoting a clear Division One that has obviously been around for 20 years, has put in the effort, has got the stadium built and those kind of things is the way to go for the future of American soccer, or if you believe that those things MLS does that are strange, mostly about single entity, salary restriction, et cetera, et cetera, are hampering American soccer, and it needs to be broken up and broken up now. And let me tell you this, because if th- that's, a fair, that's a fair thing to think, that, um, that American soccer suffers because of MLS. But be ready for the pain if everything goes to hell because of something like this, a lawsuit. Be ready for there to be no good league in this country for a very long time while everybody scrambles to pick up the yep. pieces. That's we'll be right saying. back where we were before. That, and that's why I don't people, want Some this. people think if you tear down the system, 
all of a sudden there'll be a, a league in place that's going to have promotion and relegation. It's not ever going to happen again. I'm sorry. The bad people run the universe. Get used to it, folks. The bad people run the universe. And the, and the time for altruistic, when people were in it for the right things, doesn't exist anymore. I'm sorry. It yeah. doesn't. Yeah. You have the best version of what you're going to get right now. And I'm sorry. It's not perfect. But it works. We're competitive. And it's pretty dang good, to be honest with you, for what we have in 20 years. I know. 20 years is a blink of an eye. It really is. People don't want to accept that time-wise. I mean, it feels like a long time ago. Hell, I graduated from high school less than 20 years ago. But it feels like a million years ago. But it's 20 really, years this year, It's dude. really not. Ooh, that's, that's, some, that's some age on you right there. I know. That's, yeah. that's some, that's some age on you. Uh, it feels like a million years ago. It's not. It's it, compared to the rest of the world, Mexico especially, but also Europe and South America. It's nothing. It and you've had to compete in this environment w- where not only were you hemorrhaging money for the first fifteen years of the league's history, and that, it was, and that there wasn't a fleet of billionaire playboys waiting to throw down a bunch of money to be relegated a year later. It doesn't exist. Yeah, and, and you you also you know you have to consider that um, you know MLS again the structure is uh, for me a necessary evil from the beginning, not one anybody likes now, but obviously and obviously like I said it's going to be a problem moving forward. But th- there is a legitimate reason for what they did. The, pro- mm-hmm. the again the question now for American soccer more than this more than breaking up a monopoly that MLS apparently has is is MLS moving on to the next, uh, the next step and the next evolution. And if they're not willing to do that on their own, then maybe it does take a lawsuit. I don't know. Maybe it does. Okay, we're running out of time. Real quick, Frank Klopas, fired from Montreal. How long before another MLS team picks him up? Days? Uh, no, weeks? No. Where's he going to end up? Who's going to I don't know. Him? He's the type of guy like Frank Yallop that just sticks to the bottom of a team's shoe and goes with him. I don't, I don't think not. Nah. Frank Yallop, uh, Frank Klopas, he just made me get him you know, confused. Frank Klobos sits on the sidelines. Mike Pecky sitting on the sideline. He's a young, well, mostly well-dressed, sweater-vest individual. I mean, I threw I, it out the other day. Richie Williams still hasn't gotten a shot. Yeah, I wouldn't be caught dead in a sweater vest. Uh, yeah, that's that's a good one. He's working for U.S. Soccer right now. Uh, Which and, is a good, game, good gig, U-17, but everyone wants a chance to have their own team, their own say. And I think for Richie Williams definitely wanted that New York Red Bulls job back in the day. By the way, Frank Yallop has a lot on Frank Klopas. Frank Klopas has only managed two teams in MLS. Okay. But I would say, aren't Frank Klopas and Frank Yallop's teams equally boring for numerous uh, seasons in a row? Yeah, I would say that that's true. I, and I, Frank Yallop's always going to have that moniker, and unfair as it might be, that Dom Kinnear was the guy pulling the strings when Frank Gallup was winning. The uh, yeah, the Pep- the Yugi Low is the easy Yugi Yugi Low. The Dom yeah. Kinnear was Yugi Low Yugi Low of that uh, that team in San Jose. Yeah, that's true. Uh, Prove me wrong. Yeah. Uh, no, yeah. I, I think you're right. Frank on Gallup that. had one good season with San Jose with the Bash Brothers. Yeah, no, no surprises at all that Montreal is the one that finally did this. Joyce Saputo likes to fire coaches, apparently. Yeah. Uh, Moro Biello steps in. We'll see how that goes for Montreal. They still can't get Drogba on the field. They're going to have to do that if they're going to make the playoffs yeah. this mm-hmm. year. All right, we are out of time. Let me let me just tip in here. Uh, I put this on Twitter. If you follow me, Davis JSN, you probably saw it already. Go follow Jay Rodius, by the way. Uh, I was on Chinese oh, television. Oh, they will now. I was on Chinese television and uh, found a, somebody. The guy who did the interview sent me a link. So if you ever want to, if you want to see me on Chinese television, uh, go watch that link. What else do we have here, Jared? What else do we lead off with? Um, we should leave with, with uh, Frank Fabi Castillo is a the player for Colombia, the national team possibly now. Giovinco would have been had he not get a picked up a little injury and uh, Pirlo. So now MLS is a type of league that has players from the national team of Colombia and Italy playing. That's not for bad. It. I mean, I know Pirlo is kind of this legacy guy. They can't get out of the Italian team, and he, they probably won't until he quits. Uh, but Javinko getting in was a good, you know, a, a good sign of, of Pirlo is like Blanco with a neck of, of Conte recognizing what Javinko was doing. And then Castillo is the one that probably gets me a little bit more excited. Colombia is a really yeah. good team. They've got some incredible attacking players. And for him to get a look from Peggerman saying some very nice things about Castillo. So that's a good sign. And remember what you really like about that is that means guys like Peckerman are watching this league. Week th- in, well, week out. OK, this is the same Peckerman who at one time reportedly wasn't going to bring in Freddie Montero because he was playing in MLS. Freddie mm-hmm. made the jump, went back to Colombia before going to, to Portugal. So if this if, if Castillo's getting a look from Peckerman, that means Peckerman's thawed 
And it's and that's time. great because that also, I'll tell you what, Colombian players are going to sign with MLS if this works out because MLS is a good jumping point in terms of money, stability. I mean, and you get seen by both teams in Europe and your national team coach. This is going to be a floodgate for Colombian talent if this works out. Yeah, you get paid. And you know what? For all of the talk about MLS and its ratings and its television deal only now getting somewhere near respectable, they have done a good job of spreading MLS around the world, finding partners, finding people who will put this on television in Brazil, in other places in South America, obviously in England with Sky Sports. That's going to help the visibility of these players as they try to get into their higher level national teams. It absolutely is. Yep. All right, that's it for us on a Monday night. Thanks a lot for listening. Make sure you go and subscribe to all the you what's the YouTube channel I should be telling people about? There's a YouTube channel for us. I think it's, it's the a, best soccer show, if I'm yeah, correct. Something like that. Make sure you follow Jay Rodius, Davis JSN, Hey Hayward, Best Soccer a Bonus show. show out this week. Uh wait, what? What? What what? We'll be doing a bonus show. Oh yeah, we got a bonus show coming up. We're gonna we're working on that. do you want to tease? You want to tease? Well, I'll just let them know that look for it this week. Okay, yeah, look for it this week. All right, guys. We'll talk to you next week on this particular show later. I don't like this game. Your men are brutish and their play is ugly. Skin that smoke wagon and see what happens. Oh, oh, it, oh it's incredible! Jay Rodius.